0: Money, it affects our everyday life, but how do we make more of it, manage it, and make sure we make the most of our money? Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 15 of the Money Mindful podcast. Today's a bit of a special episode because for the first time, I am doing an interview on the Money Mindful podcast. I had the pleasure of interviewing my good friend, Bridie, about all things money. There's lots of gems in this episode. She talks about what she will be teaching her daughter about money, how she got into investing, and her can-do attitude how you can go about building a portfolio of three properties on your own from a nurse's wage. Pretty cool story. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, Bridie. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. You're my first guest for 2020. And uh, also you're The person that I've probably, apart from Louie, my partner, you're probably the person I've spoken about the most on the podcast because you are the one who inspired this whole podcast. So I really want my listeners to meet you and hear your story. (laughs) So hi.
1: Hi, Megan. And (laughs) I must say, that's all very flattering and I don't know how much of it's actually true, but it's lovely to be here talking to you about finances investment and just my world perspective essentially that and it's so important that we all talk about it and just yeah just make our thoughts vocal about money and finances but yeah. yes so thank you so much for having me
0: ah oh, it's it's my pleasure so listen i know you obviously and we've spent plenty of time together and talked about money but for our listener's sake could you introduce yourself and Just let us know a little bit about your investments and what got you into it in the first place.
1: So my investments at the moment are purely in residential real estate and basically that is because that's the only investment vehicle that I've learnt about so far. So I got into it because basically I grew up hearing my dad saying to me, You know, renting is dead money, rah, rah, rah. But funnily enough, I'm a rent (laughs) investor. I don't actually own the house that I live in and I choose to invest in places other than where I'd want to live. So I got into it basically because I knew something deep down inside me said, you've got to look after yourself. And while you've got a little bit of money when you're young and unencumbered, just invested in something that's got bricks and mortar. And so that really kicked off my investment journey, for want of a better word.
0: Yeah. And just so for those who are listening, who might not be familiar with the term rent rentvestor, that is when you are a property investor, but you don't actually live in your own property. So you're still renting from someone else and uh, you invest in property. Bridie, how did you get your very first property?
1: Well, actually, I went Harvey's with my sister. So Mm -hmm. I was working as a nurse. I'd been in the workforce for two years, I think, working full-time as a nurse, and I was saving bit by bit by bit for my first property. And um, the opportunity came up and we decided to buy a house together because we thought, well, if we pulled, pulled our funds then we'd obviously have a bigger bundle of money to put towards a property. And also, at the time, I accessed the first homeowner's grant, which really pushed me into getting that first property. Were so, you
0: able to do that together? Could you both access it or just one of you? I can't remember because it was 10 years ago and <laughs> I can barely remember what I did yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think I know that the stamp duty was paid for for wow. my half of the property, yeah, but I don't know about her half of the property. And we didn't need to know really because at the time we got a split loan. So both of us had 50% shares in the property mm-hmm. and we both had a separate loan, separate entities to each other. So we could operate completely independently on a financial level.
0: Right. So did you know that that was going to be an investment or were you going to live in it?
1: I lived in it. Because that was part of that was part of the conditions of getting the first homeowners grant at the time. Oh, of
0: course, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but in in saying that, I knew that it was going to be an investment because I didn't want to live in the location that we bought for a long period of time. Okay. Um, I've seen investing as a as a long term proposition, and I spent six months in that house and then I moved out.
0: Right. And did you learn about buying houses off anyone in particular or how did you figure it out?
1: At the time, I had absolutely not a clue what I was doing. So basically, I had a short list of what I thought might have been uh, positives to look for in investment or a house to live in. Yeah. I don't even know where I came up with that list (laughs) because looking back, I would have bought probably something a little bit different because my criteria has changed as things have moved forward. Mm -hmm. But funnily enough, I remember I, I made an offer on the house that we ended up buying and the real estate agent said to me, oh, so how are you going with your finance? And I said to him, what do you mean finance? Like I just had absolutely no idea about any of the process what I should be looking for anything it was just to throw yourself in and give it a crack kind of experience so we've changed a little bit as time's gone on because that was 10 years ago and I was in my early 20s but I mean I learned by doing so any experience is a good experience because you just add to your knowledge base and it keeps you moving forward.
0: Oh I love that but what do you think gave you the courage to do that? Just, um, I mean not knowing not knowing how to do it but then you just did it anyway.
1: Well, I didn't want time to pass me by basically. Okay. I didn't yep. I knew that life wouldn't be like that like that po- moment in time forever. I was single. I only had myself to look after. I've always wanted to have a family, so whether that happened earlier or later, who knows? I just had no idea. And so I thought, well, I did sort of I did a few basic calculations and I found out about all sorts of other fees and charges along the way and (laughs) somehow we got the property over the line. Yeah. But I just, I've always been motivated just to really look after myself and I guess I'm fiercely independent and so Mm -hmm. that really spurred me on to go, okay, well, this is to set yourself up. I don't know what the end goal is at, at the moment but let's just get get in there and have a crack. And what's the worst that can happen? I end up going broke and having to sell the property, which really wasn't that far off where I started anyway. So what the heck? Just learn by doing, I say (laughs) to
0: a point. Yeah. Well, I love that you just said that you wanted to look after yourself and I'm just curious to know what you think about self-care when it comes to money.
1: Oh, so important. Self-care is so important. I've always lived by the motto, if I can't afford it, then I'm not going to buy it. I've never had a credit card. Not that I'm impulsive, but I sort of figure, well, if I need to borrow two or $3,000 for something that I just want now, then why am I buying it? Mm. I don't need it. It's just stuff, you know. Mm. But in saying that, I've been overseas quite a few times, we go out for nice dinners, you know, I don't, I don't splurge but I think that's part of self-care is treating yourself to those things but also being really mindful that you've got to put your money away, whether it's shares, even to start saving so, so many people just don't even save a hundred bucks a week, you know, but you've got to have enough for a new pair of ties in the bank that's my motto and if you don't have that then start saving now kind of thing so basically to me self-care and money they go hand in hand you know no need to obsess about it but just be smart about it that's what i think
0: yeah i like that so where are you at now with your investments Bridie? if that was 10 years ago that you got that first property do you still have that now with your sister
1: no. So we sold that uh, four years after we bought it. Our life circumstances changed, so we decided to sell the asset and that spurred me into another property. So I now own three investment properties, all all of my own, and the last property, all residential, and the last property I bought was uh, February of this year, so 2019.
0: So Bridie, you said that you were a nurse when you got that first house. And I mean, nurses earn a decent income, but you know, they're not rolling in money and you were single at the time. So how have you been able to afford to buy those three houses?
1: So basically I've decided one day that I wanted to earn more money (laughs) and to be completely honest. And so I went back to uni and I studied in a different profession, still in the health field. And so now I have more income coming in I, and that basically just gives me a, a better ability to save money quicker. And also, because I have a slightly higher income than I did before, the banks look at me more favorably. So it's easier to lend money as well, which is more to the point. Because the last few years have changed dramatically in the financial field and I've actually had to alter my, um, my game plan with my investing uh, because of that. So... Basically, I've used a combination of equity and savings to buy all this property. I,
0: I think that's really interesting that you said that you went back and studied to earn a higher income. I was listening to a podcast recently. Or was it a podcast? Or oh, Anyway, I was listening to something recently, maybe it was a lecture, and the woman was talking about how we don't ever ask young people, how much money do you actually want to earn? You know, it's all about you pick the job that you love, which there's definitely some merit in that, but also what kind of lifestyle do you actually want to have and how much money do you actually want to earn to be able to live that lifestyle? So I think that's really an interesting point that you made the conscious decision to go back and study to increase your income.
1: I think it's important to know what kind of lifestyle that you would think you would be happy with. So, for example, I know that I don't need an expensive car or, you know, a mansion in That They're not things that motivate me. Although, you know, if I had those things, that would be lovely. I wouldn't say no, but that's not what I'm aspiring to. I think... I think it's okay to want to be comfortable financially. I think it's really important. I think it's really good for your mental health. I think it's good for your emotional health, but young people don't think enough about those things simply because we don't talk about it. It's not a priority to talk about. So when I started out, I did nursing and I had no real guidance from anybody really in my life. Nobody said to me, hey, Think about what you like to do, but does it make money? Nobody said that to me. So I ended up in a job that was sub $60,000 at the highest echelon, essentially, which wasn't enough money for me. It might be enough money for somebody else, but not for me. And especially if I want to keep moving forward and accelerate my investing. I don't look at it as wasted time in my life, but I look at it as a learning experience that I will share with anybody who asks me, especially with my daughter later on i mean she's only eight months old but (laughs) i can't start them too early
0: well that was going to be my next question uh what will you teach your daughter about money because i know i've talked about it on the podcast it's a huge motivator for me and one of the reasons why i'm doing this podcast is a legacy for my girls to learn about money and how to manage it and i'm interested to know what you'd like to teach your daughter about money
1: i would love to teach her one, it's okay to talk about money.
0: Yes,
1: yes. Like that's the first step <laughs> in my mind. If we're not yeah. talking about it, how are we supposed to learn?
0: That's so, right. You're speaking my language, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know that we'll speak about it over the dinner table every night, you know, but yeah. um, we'll definitely have regular conversations. I want it to be in the forefront of her mind, especially in the teenage years when, you know, might have. A- part-time job she'll have some expendable income who might want mobile phone actually I'm sure she will want a mobile phone she needs to know where money comes from and the value of money you know Mm. like what what does $30 of phone credit get you and how do you make the $30 it doesn't just grow on trees which you know some people grow up thinking it does and I'm sure lots of adults think so as well but and I also want to teach her that she can do anything financially And especially since she's a woman, there's nothing to stop her from doing anything in her life. And I want to sort of, I want to be a role model for her, you know, in my own little way, my, my own little world of um, self-taught money. But talking about it is always the first step, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's been one of the really powerful things and, Uh, connector between you and me with our relationship, how it's been so lovely that we've been able to just talk about money freely. And it's not this taboo subject. That's a bit uncomfortable. Like we talk numbers and really help each other with what we're doing. And I think that there's, more and more opportunity for women to be doing this and sharing information and helping each other and just sharing our money stories, what what we do, how we manage it, to learn from one another. That's
1: right. And what I love about our relationship is that we both do things a little bit differently. Like for example, you've invested in shares and I'm yet to learn about shares. So it's like it's next on my list. I'm gonna buy one of the books on your website and start educating myself. And even down to with property? Do you use a buyer's agent? Do you not use a buyer's agent? What are the pros and cons? Mm. And it's just so, it's really enlightening having those conversations with somebody um, and not being judged and just having an educated discussion about it. It's really refreshing for me, definitely.
0: Yeah. So Brady, what do you think your biggest challenges are when it comes to money?
1: The biggest challenges are obtaining finance for more property. Okay. At the moment. So basically, I'm on maternity leave at the moment, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. I'm loving every second of this maternity leave. Um, But it just means that I, I can't borrow any money at the moment. But that's fine. So I only bought my last property less than a year ago. So sometimes I have to tell myself to take a step back and a deep breath and just enjoy the moment. So that's another learning life experience for me. Moving forward, I... be back at work and my income will be increased and hopefully in six months, another year's time I'll be in another position to borrow some more money to buy some more property wherever that might be. But other than that, savings always a bit of an obstacle, you know, it's really tempting to go, oh, I want that new bike or, you know, oh I can justify spending a thousand dollars on, you know, whatever it is that you want that yeah, I think saving's not an obstacle, but it's always in the back of my mind.
0: So, what do you think differentiates you, Bridie, from say another nurse? Who, I mean, I know you're not working as a nurse now, but what was what's the difference? Do you think between somebody who goes out and invests and tries to look after themselves financially as compared to someone who's not doing that. What is it? What's your mindset? What do you think it is that motivates you to do it or gives you the confidence to do it?
1: That's a really good question.
0: Because there's, I I think there'll be plenty of people listening right now and some who might even be nurses thinking, whoa, how do I get three properties on my own. And also I think it's just a bit of insider information that I have. I I hope you don't mind if I share this is that I know that you have actually got these houses of your own volition. It's not that you have done this with your partner. I mean, you have a partner, but you've bought three houses in your own name under your own loans. Like how did you do it?
1: Well, I guess I'm highly motivated to start with. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't really sit still. I think the difference between maybe me and, and another nurse or somebody on a similar income might just be exposure, exposure to the idea that you can do it. It's not that you can't do it. It's what, who do we talk to? How do we learn about this? And yeah. You know, what sows the seed to start with? to have the thought process so and then once you once you've figured out ah, okay i think i want to invest then you then a lot of people stumble on i have to invest where i live which i think is just absolutely not true and i don't live by that at all i have my three properties are in places where i've i don't live at all so and i i lived in melbourne for 15 years i couldn't afford to buy where i lived That was flat out one of the reasons why I actually bought in places where I could afford. So I think once you get past the, okay, I can do this, and onto the, okay, what are the realistic options, then it's just a matter of going through the motions, making sure your numbers stack up, and then going for it. So having a really good mortgage broker on side has been absolutely vital. And without her, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am today. So that's really my number one tip is if you want to invest is get a really good broker on side to start with. Um, And then just discussing, just keep talking, keep talking. So put away as much money as you can and keep talking to the, to the people in the industry who will push you to actually make that first purchase. So don't listen to friends and family who say you can't do it because that's absolute baloney. Good <laughs> advice. Good ab- yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground um, today. But before we close up, you're kind of reading my mind and answering questions before I'm even asking you. But I'm just wondering if there's for somebody who's listening today who hasn't started investing, but they want to, but they're not sure how to get started. Are there any, I think this is a two part question. Are there any routines that you do that have set you up for success? Or is there any piece of wisdom that you think you'd like to pass on that would help somebody get started on their money management journey?
1: Well, the next book you read needs to be on something to do with managing your money, when it, whether it's on learning about shares or how to invest in property or whatever it is that you're interested in, whatever vehicle, start reading on that. That's, that's how I learned most of what I know. Not that I'm an expert, but I've got 100 books I want to read, but it is a start and it, and it takes the deer out of the headlights.
0: That's a great point, isn't it? You're not an expert. I mean, none of us are, but we're doing it and we're making money and we're setting ourselves up for the future. You don't need to be an expert, do you?
1: That No, you don't. You don't need to be an expert when it comes to money. You just have to have some safe practices so to make sure you don't go broke in the yeah. process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as far as routines go, you know, I actually don't really have any like financially specific routines other than, I don't buy a coffee every day. So that's a non-routine, I guess, <laughs> sort of the opposite to what the question was and any money that I can spare, I put away in my savings. Basically. So not rocket science, but it's just persistence.
0: That's all that it is. By ah, bit. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show today, Bridie. I, as you know, I've been dying to have you on for months because I wanted other people to hear from everyday women just like yourself who we are just doing it for ourselves. I, I know that we both have partners who don't really have interest in looking after themselves financially for whatever reason and that's fine because we don't let that hold us back. We just do it anyway. No, that's right. And <laughs> yeah. before you know it,
1: you just think about it, 10 years will go by, and if you haven't done anything about it, just imagine imagine what you could have done in that 10 years. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> time
0: flies. Oh, oh it. And then you have kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, I go. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you very much. And yeah, I think our listeners today will get a lot out of this. All right. See bye, Bridie. See you. Bye. And there you have it, some great little nuggets in there. I particularly like how Bridie discussed what she would teach her daughter about money, but also how she deliberately went out and got further education so she could earn more income. That's something that we so often don't discuss or talk to our children about, like how much money do you actually want to earn? I mean, yes, follow your passion, do something that you want to do, but also what lifestyle do you want to have and how much money do you need to provide for that lifestyle? I think that was a really fabulous point to bring up about educating our kids in that regard. As always, if you want to stay connected outside of the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to my email list at moneymindful.com.au forward slash subscribe, or you can connect with me on Facebook or on Instagram with the handle at moneymindfulpodcast. Until next time, have a fabulous week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful Podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe and remember the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way.